is the Big Church Podcast. We are so blessed. We're, we're, begin, we're going to finish up today. Or no, not really finish up. We have one more week of our blessed life. But we started out, my lovely wife did a very good job a few weeks ago talking about generosity. Now, come on, did she not do good? Last week we talked about obedience, and that's not a really good one, not a good subject sometimes. But this week we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. And can I be honest? Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Come on. Thanksgiving is the day that you have food, family, football, and food. Come on, anytime you can get food in, in, in the whole sentence there and it ends with it and begins with it, it's a great day. But I love it because also a few weeks ago we set our clocks back an hour. But let me tell you what you need to do when you go home. You need to set your scale back 10 pounds. Because you won't be depressed if you get on it after a few weeks and you, you go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. So let's set our, set our scales back as soon as we get home. But it's really not a great day for skinny jeans. It's not a good day for skinny jeans. It's the best day in the world for sweatpants or anything that has elastic involved with it. Come on, can I get a witness? Somebody, somebody got them sweatpants on. As soon as the family, the immediate family leaves, y'all go throw these things and they got holes. They probably stink just a little bit. But yet you're like, oh my gosh. Is there any leftovers going on here? Am I the only one that does that? Doll mate, and I know you do that. But it's a day for sweatpants and it's a day of no guilt. And I didn't say no heartburn because you got to have the Rolades ready when you do that. But shopping, can I just tell y'all too, how many people in here like Black Friday shopping? Okay, worship team, come up here. We're going to pray for, we're going to have an altar call right now. <laughs> because these people are, uh, anyway, I'm going on. I hate to shop. And here's a quote, look at this. I know why it's called Black Friday because it's a black day for me. I approximate that Black Friday experience at home by hurling myself into a wall several times, and then I order it online. Come on. Have you ever stood in line on Black Friday for something that when you got to the end of it, they gave you a rain check? They didn't even have the product, and guess what you did? You went home, and you ordered it online anyway, right? So here's the thing. Anybody that wants to go out at 3 o'clock in the morning and stand in lines, listen, I, again, you all need prayer, but uh, I, you can get it in about two weeks for the same price. I'm educating you all on something. The TV that you think you're paying half price for in three weeks will be the same price that they gave it to you, and you don't have to stand in line. I'm going on. The title of my message is this. Thanksgiving is not a day, it's a way. Thanksgiving is a very distinct, thank you for that. Thank you. Thanksgiving is a distinctive holiday. It doesn't have any birthdays attached to it. It doesn't have any battles attached to it. But in 1798, George Washington said this. It is the duty, listen to this. It's the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of an almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to pray his protection and favor. My, 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 has our culture changed. How I was raised, let me tell you how I was raised. I was raised that when you were around an adult, you spoke when spoken to, you looked them in the eye, and you said, please, and you said, thank you. 
There was no alternative to anything. Now anymore, what happens is, is you give a kid a piece of candy. The first thing he does is unwraps it as fast as he can. He sticks it in his mouth. And he's chewing all over that candy. And the parents are going, uh, what do you say? Okay, hold on a minute. Thank you. But shouldn't the thank you come before you actually get the prize or get the gift? Kids are giving candy and listen to what the parents say. Hey, listen to this now. There's going to be a donation bucket in the back back here for all you parents. Now, and I expect you to fill it up when I get done because listen to what I'm about to help you guys out here. Listen to this. Kids, young people, you need to thank God for your parents and all that they do. Can I get an amen? I'm seeing the parents going, yeah, I, I got you there. Cell phones are not a necessity unless you're in America. Come on. Cell phones are not a necessity. We think of these things. We got our six-year-olds with the iPhone 47, and, and we wonder what's wrong sometimes, but a cell phone is not a necessity. And, and, and house payments and, and electric bills and, and water bills are part, they don't just magically appear. Food in your refrigerator, whether you believe this or not, does not. Your mom and dad don't just wave a magic wand over the refrigerator. All of a sudden, you've got Hostess Ho-Hos and snack cakes and all that stuff in there. It takes somebody going out with a J-O-B, doing some W-O-R-K. Thank you. Come on. Come on, parents. Help me out. Come on. Donation buckets in the back for real. And insurance is not free. I'm just trying to help you out this morning because we, we live in a culture where We've not really taught our kids the value. Mm, help me, Lord. The value of what it is. Because a lot of times we think we go in the house. How many of y'all parents out there go around the house and you're turning off the ceiling fans? You're turning all the electronics off? All the lights are on in the house? And you know why? It's because you pay the bill. I, I hear some people that move out of the house and they get in their... Um, Sometimes 40s. Uh, anyway, they're moving out of the house, and they think, oh, my gosh, I have got to pay rent. I was like, oh, so all of a sudden you thought that that just got magically paid every single month? There's a water bill that has to be paid. There's electricity that has, has to be paid. We take those things for granted. Our common courtesy is gone. Listen, I was raised where if some, it didn't matter if it was a man or if it was a woman. You opened the door for the person to walk in in front of you. I've seen so many people, including men, that just run right in front of uh, women. They'll let the door slam in their face. They don't think anything about it. But I was raised, you open the door and you have common courtesy for people. I worked with the public for over 20 years. I think we ought to take all of our young people and make them work with the public one year. You would appreciate please and thank you. And you would appreciate all of the things if you had to do those things. And how about this? How many of y'all got road rage out here? <laughs> Kagan is, wasn't feeling today, but he has road rage too, so. <laughs> Instead of waving at people, we usually use the hand with less four fingers. <laughs> she doesn't do that, I promise you that. But all the while, listen, people are crazy out there on the road nowadays. All the while, they're passing people and acting nuts, and they got their little fish on the back of their... They got their I Love Jesus bumper sticker, and they're sure not showing how much they love Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I knew I was going to get something thrown at me this morning. 
But we have a problem nowadays with just lack of courtesy and lack of honor. Why do you think Chick-fil-A's are so successful? It's because they have implemented in their business model a culture of honor. Thanks a lot, thanks so much, and thanks but no thanks. Lost art of thank you. But above all, we have forgotten to thank God. Let me read this to you. Romans 1.21. Because although they knew God, he's talking about Christians, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts became darkened. Ingratitude is a sin. Just like lying and stealing and immorality, being ungrateful is a sin. Philippians 2.14 says this, and listen to this one. Do not do all things without complaining. Wow. I complain that I have to take the trash out. Even though there is always room to press just a little bit longer. Come on, y'all, y'all press down on the garbage until you get all you can into it, right? Until it's overflow. Chuck's like, I got that. But Sometimes I gripe and I complain about just the smallest things. Do all things without complaining and grumbling and disputing and arguing. We can't allow a spirit of ingratitude to harden our hearts and make us cold towards God. Let me ask you this. Why should we be thankful? Why should we be thankful? Let me tell you. Glad you asked. Because we are living the blessed life and sometimes we don't even realize it. Thank God today for the material things that he has given to you. Listen to these statistics. Around 1.85 billion people, or 36% of the world's population, live in extreme poverty. Not just poverty, but extreme poverty. 61% of the people live in poverty. They live on less than $1.25 a day. And I'm not trying to have the commercial up here trying to get you to donate your 23 cents. That's the reality of what we would deal with. But only 2% of all of those people live here in America. 2% of all the people in the world live here and there's called poverty. But listen, the poor in this country are different. 38% of those people identified as poor own their own homes. 62% of those people who identify as poor own a car. 14% of them own two cars. Nearly half of all the poor households have air conditioning and microwaves. And over 22,000 of those things have a swimming pool on their property. And we're poor. Sometimes there's a lot of things that we can thank God for that we just sometimes just forget to go on. We live in a country that's actually blessed because you can go in anytime and have food and water. I'm giving you kind of the basics this morning. But you can have food and water and electricity and housing. I've met people who've lived on a never enough mentality. I've met people that were, had a ton of money, but they were so miserable because they were always trying to find that next thing. They were always trying to look for that next thing. And the thing that when they got to it, it just didn't fulfill them. Constantly preoccupied with what you do not have is something that will keep you in a, in a it'll keep you down if you're always thinking about everything that you don't have. Thanksgiving itself gets lost in our more, 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 more culture. I've also met people in my life that had very little. And the peace 
and the joy and the smile and the things. And listen, I'm not talking, if you got money, hey, that's awesome. And I'm not talking about, about that. But I'm talking about when money becomes your master, that's when it becomes the problem. Because I've met some people who didn't have much in this life. But man, I tell you, you sure couldn't tell it by looking at their life. You sure couldn't tell it by the way that they presented themselves out in the public. Philippians 4.12 says this. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. Say content. In any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or what, learn to thank God for what you do have. And I'm going to tell you something. The list is way longer than you think it is. If you knew what God has kept you from in your life, you would thank him every day. You would thank him all the time. I, I should not be standing here today because there's been many times when I drove and I shouldn't have been driving. There's been times I've been in situations where I shouldn't be there. So I just thank God sometimes for he just got me to this place right here. The list is much longer than you know. I always thought, let me say this. My name is Rich, but I am not rich. My name is, ha ha, that's a dad joke. That was maybe a grandpa joke, I don't know. My name is Rich, but I am not rich. But I always thought that the key to success, I grew up with kind of nothing. And I always thought the key to success was, if I only had this, I would be happy. Well, if I could only get to here, I would be happy. And by God's grace, even though sometimes I wasn't living for him, I got to that place. And that, when I got to that place, I was still unfulfilled. I was like, what the heck? Okay, no, it's just going to be because I need to get to this place. Because as soon as I get here, I'm for sure going to be happy. Well, I would get to that place, and I still there was something missing inside of me. I said, it's got to be this. And I started making more money than I ever made in my life. And when I got to that place, there was still something missing inside of me. And got, You know, I had just missed the point of everything that I just missed the point. And God, sometimes he'll allow you to get to those places. But God wants you, to, he wants the material things and the blessings so you can bless other people with that. You know, I tried to hold on to it. I tried to grab onto it. I tried to make my savings sound bigger than anybody else's. I had the cars and the nice house and I had the vacations. But yet I missed out on the real point of what God, where he wanted to take me to. It's not just to accumulate. We live in an upside down kingdom. Listen to this. Give. And it will be given unto you. But yet the first give, we can't get past the first give. It's a period after that one. It's because we can't understand how we can give something. But if you read the rest of the sentence, you will be given something. A lot of times the problem is we don't want to give because we don't understand to get past that. You sow to reap. That makes no sense, right? Why would I want to give everything else? Because the Bible says if you'll give with a grateful heart and a spirit of thanksgiving, I'll give it back to you tenfold. Listen, if we've not given before, try it God's way. Test him and see if it's not telling the truth, and you'll see. The Bible also says last will be first. It's a very upside-down way of thinking. A spirit of thankfulness makes all the difference. Thank God for the people in your life. Listen to this quote. Thanksgiving is an emotional time. People travel thousands of miles to be with people they're only with once a year. And then they discover that a year is way, one time a year is way too much. <laughs> Family's crazy out there. Come on, y'all. Y'all got any crazy people in your family? Don't raise your hand. No, because they might be sitting next to you. 
Family is crazy. The holidays are coming. You're going to have to be around people and you're going to be going, okay, that's Uncle John. And he tells all those dad jokes like Pastor Rich. And he didn't. Never mind. Be quiet. <laughs> but life is short. Life is short. Some of those same people that you're sitting across the table from, you need to make a phone call to. So Some of those same people that you haven't talked to, your brothers or your sisters or your aunts and your uncles that you've been holding on something for such a long, long time. And listen, I am not trying to say that it's not legitimate, that some things happen, but there's some things you just got to let go of, not because of them, but for you. People are crazy. Family is crazy. But we have to let others know how much we appreciate them. If you have friends in your life, if you have mentors in your life that have done something for you, that have taken you to a place, you need to say thank you while you can. You may not always have the opportunity to say thank you to them. Thank God in the middle of your trials and in hard times. Are we thankful no matter what? I don't know. Perhaps you've lost your job recently. Maybe your health has declined here recently and maybe you've lost a loved one. All of those things are very difficult. But we all have so much to be thankful at. I'm going to read you a story here. Look at the story of a man who had every right to be bitter, but he wasn't. The next footsteps that he heard could have been the man coming to take him, the executioner to take him to be killed. He was in a cold, dark, smelly, wet prison cell. He had chains around his arms and chains around his legs and they were cutting into him and they reminded him of where he was all of the time. He was separated from his friends. He was unjustly accused. He was put in prison time and time again. He was beaten many times and one time they stoned him and left him for dead. He spent three days in the sea and he was shipwrecked three times. He was often hungry, thirsty, cold and naked and he was almost forgotten about if anyone had a right to complain, it would be this man. But listen to this. But instead of complaints, the Apostle Paul writ, writes in captivity, Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things to God. Can you imagine going through all of those trials and all those things and be able to pin those words? All thanks to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, think of it. Always giving thanks in everything, no matter the circumstance. But what had happened, he had learned the meaning of true thanksgiving, even in the midst of all of that adversity. Philippians 4, 6. This is Paul writing again. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. He found the key to true thanksgiving and living the blessed life. What did he find? He found, he realized that we've been given a gift. And that gift is Jesus Christ. All of those things that he went through, they were nothing to him. He said, I count it all loss for everything that I've ever had because I have found the gift. Thank you matters beyond manners. Saying thank you is acknowledgement that you've been given something worth saying thank you for. Thank God for the gift of salvation. Let me tell you why. Because we were lost. It was a dark world out there. We were without direction. Listen, and we had no hope. Why are we living the best blessed life? Is because this. God looked down upon us. 
He saw our dark and hopeless situation. Most of all, we were separated from him by our sin. And here's what he did. He sent his best gift, the gift of salvation. John 3.16, everybody should be able to quote that one if you've heard it your whole life. But I want you to listen to it for the first time maybe. For God so loved, he so loved the world that he gave. He held nothing back. He looked around heaven and he didn't pick out something that had a little dust on it over here that wasn't being used. He didn't, he didn't look around heaven and say, well, I can use that but because I don't really care too much about that. No, he gave his only begotten son. He gave the best thing that he had because you know why? That's how much he loves each and every one of us out there. So that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He paid the price for all of the whoever sitting in this room. He paid the price for all the whoever's that are sitting out there who are not in this room. Who one day God said if you'll talk to them they can be in this room. He paid the price for all of that. If you've never accepted that gift of salvation, let me tell you why it's great. It's the best kind because it's free. It didn't cost you anything. It cost him everything. When we come to Christ, it's not the end of the world, but it's a whole new life. And sometimes when we get to that, you come to Jesus and you're like, Pastor Rich, yes, I know God has forgiven me and, and I know those things, but I'm still, I'm still struggling. That's okay. Because there's people in here right now that have been following Jesus a whole lot that still struggle sometimes. We, you have to understand, in ourselves, we do not have the strength to live the way that God wants us to live. Now, let me tell you, let me, let me clarify that. That doesn't mean that you can do whatever the hell you want to do. Did he just cuss in church? That doesn't mean you can do what you want to do. But that tells you that when you come to the end of yourself, that you have a helper. That you have God to say, okay, listen, I've tried this thing my way. I've messed it up. I ain't been able to do it. But God, I'm giving it to you. But in turn, when you turn to him, you discover it is the God who works in us. And he will act according to his good purpose. So when you're acting crazy, sometimes God's up there. He's not scratching his head and he's not worried about it. He's just looking down saying, okay, I got this. I got this. They're going to come back around here in just a little bit. Thank God. Thank God that he didn't give up on me so many years ago. Because he should have. He should, have just, he should have shut the book and said, I'm never opening that again. But he didn't. That's how good our God is. But he said, I'm going away one day. And me in the flesh, but I'm going to send you someone who's a whole lot better than me. I'm going to send you someone who doesn't have to walk everywhere, but he can be in the bedroom with you when you're crying in the middle of the night. I'm going to send you someone who can be in your car when you just got the bad news, when you need a helper and a comforter and someone to come and be that person. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to guide you, and he's going to give you power. Pastor Rich, I feel alone. Jesus promised his disciples this. He says, surely, surely. Somebody got to hear it. Surely. I am with you always. Put that up there. you got to see that again. Surely. I may not have that one. Sorry. My bad. Surely. I am with you always. Not sometimes. Not occasionally. Not when God feels like it or when you feel it. Like I'm with you all the time. So you feel alone. Just know that God's with us. If you would, stand with me, please.
may be saying this morning, but Pastor Rich, I don't feel blessed. It seems like everybody around me is blessed but me. But really, what is blessed? What is your perspective of it? Because sometimes how you see being blessed is different than the others see it too. You can be rich in possession and poor in thankfulness and still end up poor at the end. You can be poor in possessions and rich in thankfulness and end up rich in the end. Generosity, obedience, and thanksgiving are the keys to unlock the blessed life. You want to know how to live blessed? Be generous. Not with just your money, but with your time and your talents. You want to know how to be blessed? Be obedient. Someone is in this room. We're getting ready to sing a song, not just because it's what we do at the end of the service to end the service. We're about to sing a song, and God's going to start, Holy Spirit's going to start speaking to you about being obedient to something that you know you need to be doing. You want to unlock the blessed life? Do what God's asked you to do, and you'll find out that He'll meet you right there. And the last one is thanksgiving are the keys to a blessed life. Thanks and thanksgiving and giving thanks to God for all your blessings should not be a one day a year thing. It should be distinct in every believer. We should walk around saying, I'm blessed. Not be that weird guy that walks around saying, I'm blessed all the time. But walk around truly saying, I am blessed. God has been so good to me. I was standing, I was sitting in my car outside of Hobby Lobby, my favorite store in the world. Kidding. Forgive me for lying, Lord. And I'm watching as my lovely wife is in there shopping and and I'm watching the lady down, the, down the, the Salvation Army lady. And she's not just ringing her bell like ding, ding, ding. You've watched them. They just stand there like hopefully somebody put some in the bucket. She was, stand, she was standing there ringing and she was going, God is so good. God, you're so good. Yo, you're so good. Too. She goes through this whole thing. I watched her for five minutes and everybody that walked in that place, she was saying, you're blessed. You're blessed. And she was blessing them and she was telling them how good God was to her. And I'm telling you, it blessed me. I walked, I went over to her and I handed her a $5 bill and I said, listen, I've been watching you. And listen, that's what we've got to do. we got to let our light so shine before people that we don't have to have a bucket out there. We just act blessed. This morning, let's take a few minutes to be generous with our praise. Let's take a few minutes to let God speak to that obedient place that he's trying to speak to. They're getting ready to sing a song. And one part of that song is, Jesus, I come just as I am. He's not looking for you to have it all together before you come. Because if that was the case, you wouldn't come. You would never be able to come. He says, why don't you just come and let me take that from you and let me walk with you. Let me change everything I need to change in you. Don't wait till you got it all together because you'll never come. And also, this is going to be the time I really want us to focus on how good God's been to us. If you have a business, it's not because you had it on social media. It's not because you've marketed the best. It's because God has been so good to you. If you have health in your family, it's not because you're taking the best vitamins and you should, but you just need to know that God has blessed you with health. So I want us to take a few minutes and just say, God, you've been so good. 
Think about those times when you shouldn't be sitting in this seat right now and you'll start thanking him more and more. It was a daily re uh, reality for Paul and it changed his life and it made him a joyful person in every situation. That's what God's looking for in us. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.